Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello, hello, hello. I'm your Sylvia Rivera, hostess with the most, this Michael Munoz. Happy Pride, y'all, and welcome to In Yo Mouth. In your mouth. I'm the queen of food who's always in the mood to lick it right, lick it good. Show you how to. Oh, God, that's good. I want to know what you eat from the streets to the sheets. So open wide, honey. I'm coming. In Hey there and welcome back, folks. Once again, I'm your hostess with the mostest, Mundios, and happy Pride Month, happy Pride Week, happy Pride, everybody. We made it somehow, somehow through the quarantine, somehow through oh all the strife and struggle. We are here, and I am so excited for today's episode. Not only is New York City in phase two, which means restaurants have taken to, you know, putting tables on the streets, um, massage parlors are opening, um, nail salons by appointment and all that jazz. But apparently the pod has entered phase two because as you know, your girl Munoz has been, you know, handling her ish alone on the pod for weeks and loving every last minute. But today I have the pleasure of welcoming two beautiful ladies killing it in the culinary world with me today. Everybody give a warm welcome to Chef Mavis J. Sanders and Chef Cicely Sierra. Say hey, ladies. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. How are you? Happy Pride. Happy Pride. We're all right. Yeah. I'm just working and it feels like we're not working, which is weird. It, it The whole phase two part that you just said kind of like made me scared. I'm not going to lie about it. I had a moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Massage parlor? Why would I go to a massage parlor? <laughs> uh, for a happy ending. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> right. I knew. I knew why. Hello. New York City just uh, released that like sex health guide about like doing it through glory holes and, and Lord knows what okay. else. Did you not see this? No, it's like a week and a half ago. The gays were real happy. Let me tell you. <laughs> Finally, it's the truth. I'm sorry. They said it's safer in the pandemic to do it. They through said a hole. like through a hole in the wall. No oh. joke. I mean, yeah, because it's technically social distancing. So I can see, I can see how that wow. makes sense. You know, you don't have we to wear a mask. To the braces, <laughs> folks. We are. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, I want to I want to first thank you for coming and taking time out of your very busy schedule to come on the pod very last minute. Um I am very appreciative to have you here and I also wanted to wish you happy National Pecan Sandy Day. Aww. Aww. I used to love those as a kid. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, I'm devastated because I'm, I have recently become allergic to to nuts of all kinds. Um, and well, that would be a travesty in my life, right? <laughs> right. Um, so I I just walk by and I'm like, I could risk it all right now. Like sometimes, like definitely during Rona, I'm she like, she actually does. I'm in the house. Um, yeah, I, I have a friend like that, allergic to nuts and shellfish. Always, yeah. always putting a shrimp in his mouth or an almond. And I'm like, what yeah. are you doing? What are you? Almond what? joy. Almond joy. Oh, well, and listen. Said, it's almond out. But sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. No, and that other one, it don't taste the same. No, that one's weird. <laughs> 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 
but it's funny because I'm allergic to coconut. Stupid. This is so stupid. Yeah. And um, I would be like, I still get sick and I spit the the almond out. Like I don't understand. And she looked at me, she was like, You realize it's coconut that you're eating. And I was like, I don't even know. Like in there. So yes. Oh my God. Well, is it pecan or pecan? The, pecan. the great debate. Well, on who I'm around. Yeah. I also know that I code switch a lot. Pecan and pecan, which is really interesting. No, I say pecans. I say pecans, but a, a pecan is a can that you urinate in. It is what I was always told, and a pecan is a nut. Um, I think it's an accent. <laughs> You're never gonna look at that the same. No, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> upset. I am terrible. Um, as a southerner, I would like to just say no. <laughs> oh my god a little quick this day in gay history as you know i love to call on our lgbtq ancestors right may they guide us through um did you know ladies that on june 24th in 1970 the new york city police arrest gay activist alliance members tom durr arthur evans jim owls phil Rea, and marty robinson for sitting a, uh for staging a sit-in at the headquarters of the Republican State Committee. The men who wanted to present their demands for fair employment practices to the New York State Governor, Nelson Rockefeller, became known as the Rockefeller Five. How interesting is that, right? Seeming how the Supreme Court just passed this, not last week. Right? I mean, I think when I when I saw it, when the Supreme Court like passed it in... in um, not Kavanaugh, the other one who they thought was Gorsuch. Be, yeah. Um, it's so interesting. I think I was like struggling with the fact that like this was five minutes ago. You know, and sometimes we look at history and we think like it was so long ago. This was such a long time ago. And you realize like, no, like that was that was like a few years before I was yeah, born. Well, everything that's happening in the world today, right? And the Black Lives Matter movement and everything. People don't realize, I was having this conversation with my mother the other day. I was like, you were you were alive during the civil rights movement. You realized this, correct? Like the, right. the history isn't that far back. And also on June 24th, because um, I usually don't do two, um, this say in gay histories, but this is important to realize that uh, in 2011, New York uh, State passed a law, a law, because I'm from Brooklyn, uh, <laughs> to allow uh, same-sex marriage to become the sixth and largest state uh, to date to do so, right? And there, I had a very interesting discussion the other day with somebody about how when same-sex marriage passed, um, it was kind of, it, it halted the gay rights movement because there was just a certain group of LGBTQ people that just, this was their only focus. And that once this happened, everything else, like Wait, just- what? You're not saying that or? You know, pardon? Not gonna say, white men, are we not gonna say that? Yeah, no, yeah, we can say it. <laughs> okay, cool, okay. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah I mean. Once white men got what they wanted, they were like, okay, cool, we're no longer oppressed. We good, we out. Which yeah, I well, heard like but, really, uh, yeah, because we're not getting fired. And I just realized the other day you could be you could still be denied housing all over America because you're you're gay. I didn't know that I didn't know. I didn't know that too. My mind was blown. That's insane. I mean this whole time I've been struggling with the idea of like what is progress? Like what it like what is progress? You know what I'm saying? It seems like cool, we've moved so far, but like, these are like basic, basic human rights. Like the very- like, To live, small. to live yeah. in an apartment. It's like, nope, you can't, can't do that. That's insane. Isn't that insane? Anywho, this is, a, we could go on for hours about this, I am sure, but I am so happy to have you both here. And I wanna celebrate you, why? Because it's pride and you are killing it in the game. So a little history just for the In Your Mouth listeners. Chef Mavis J. Sanders is a James Beard Chef Bootcamp alum and a chef collaborative scholar and is frequently a featured chef in New York queer New York's queer soup night, which I've been dying to attend, and ps.com. 
and I never can. And then the quarantine hit and then it all went to hell. Um, Chef Mavis J has uh, cooked at notable places such as Blue Hill at Stone Barns and Untitled in New York, later becoming part owner of um, the award-winning food truck, Pico House in Los Angeles. When Chef Sanders <laughs> returned to New York, she became the director of operations at the Brownsville Community Culinary Center. And in 2019, she was honored as one of the star chefs, New York rising star chef. Now, Cic uh, Chef Cicely Sierra is not only a graduate of Le Cordon Bleu, she's also a former inter intern at the Los Angeles Times Test Kitchen. And then she and her mother co-founded Pinky and Reds as part of La Cocina's incubator program. But get this, y'all, the gag is she is also a successful actress from the primetime family comedy, One on One. <laughs> Listen, we only find the best of the best for this <laughs> podcast. Yes. But uh, to be honest with you, um, I was like, one-on-one, -on -one, why don't I remember one-on-one? -on -one? And one-on-one -on -one aired while I was uh, doing my best in choir college. Ugh. Right. <laughs> so all yes, I went to choir college, Chef Mavis J. Oh, I was see? I don't even know what that is. Th that's, exactly it's, what it's is it like a four-year Yeah, I got I got a degree in vocal performance and music education from Westminster Choir College. Um yeah. <laughs> so I was I was busy in my own little bubble, but how amazing and once again, thank you. So um, I found you both because you both are doing uh, a, a promo, a big day for New York City Pride for Savor Pride this year. Talk to me about that and how that came about and what you're exactly doing. Um, I think, well, for both of us, I'll say like community is like a big thing, like being a part of a community and, all, and, and, and really cementing ourselves and our children in a community. Um, and so Queer Soup Night, um, Mavis does all of them um and so you so, travel so you travel excuse me yeah. one second so you travel all over the place because i know queer soup night goes to yes, other cities they have different yeah. they have uh, different chapters. chapters it's a, it's like an international thing now it's just like i think that i mean i think liz is pretty awesome and she just kind of hits me up every now and then and she's like hey we, we got this going on you know um and any opportunity i have to support uh, what she has going on because it originally started as a protest like or like as a resilience against you know Trump and his whole being inaugurated into the position that he is now being 45 um and so anytime I have an opportunity to say fuck Trump I'm like yeah okay cool yeah with food absolutely yeah so I think so we 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 always support Liz we always in in I don't know. You didn't do one there. So they would, they've had a few events at um, God's Love We Deliver. And um, we, we love Emmett over there like super hard. And we're all, ironically enough too, like we always take our kids everywhere. Yeah. So we're always like the family and the black people. <laughs> the family and the black people in the room. Um, and, and, and the gay people, honey. Right? Too. Yeah. Yeah, so. even in the gay rooms. Even in the gay rooms, where like the I think like a lot of our community has like accepted that like oh there's kids here. You know, I also feel like people are happy to see us at, like out and about as a family, like as a as a queer family that they yeah that they know. Are you so married? Like, people think that we are. We are not, and we just you know let them believe what they want she to did believe. give me a ring for christmas though. yeah i did yes all right all right when's the date hello no pressure <laughs> listen this one was like we got to get stuff together we need like at least 10 years <laughs> wow. I, wanted, cool. I don't know like i always had those ideas of like you know like i'd rather like i want i want to like cross the threshold when like i come into like, your house when i get married i want to walk into my house you know what i mean and in new york city that's kind of like it's well, a little bit longer of a timeline than if you were in Georgia or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, well, maybe right after this quarantine, it may not. It may be easier said than done because people are fleeing the city in right. like in mass amounts. Oh, or yeah. I say, I say, give it to March and then check the real estate market <laughs> if, you, if you got the money, honey. All right. Once January hits or something, you know. 
and we make it through Christmas. Yeah. I'm that telling is- you. But that's amazing. That's amazing. I, I need to take a moment just to turn up what I just to turn on and up the heat on a little something I call the gossip grill. And yes, the gossip <laughs> grill. <laughs> you see what I'm doing here? It's, it's not it's not only um, a lesbian bar in Minneapolis, but it's also a segment here. And give a big shout out to Raven Simonier, um, who just married Miranda Pierman Madej in their beautiful surprise wedding. And do you know, and this is super food related, because do you, do you know who catered the wedding? Debbie Allen. You're Miss welcome. Debbie Allen. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, yes, oysters. Yes. Uh, look. I was like, how do you get? I mean, I get I get wait, it. Yes. Wait, who, since when does Debbie Allen cater? <laughs> when I saw woman, that, I was blown away. I was Listen, like, I've hey. been a Debbie Allen fan since fame. Hello. Didn't know she cooked like that. No, uh, not not catered a wedding, honey. Not catered a wedding. I'm, I'm looking fabulous. A wedding in quarantine right now, though. That's I mean, people with, dinner, I mean, but... people with money have weddings quarantine. in quarantine and have Debbie Allen cater, <laughs> cater their weddings. Right. <laughs> oh, I saw that. I said, yeah. But I, from the pictures, Me I thought too. it was like a small thing, right? Like you have to. It was a me. picture of their plate. I didn't. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh oh the pics are gorgeous. Go. Huh? I mean, if you just look it up online, it's everywhere from Delish to to Us Weekly to to Ta- it's everywhere, folks. Just just do you know what? There's a brand new little website on on the interwebs called Google. <laughs> just crazy. just Google it. You know, it's uh, crazy. You could find anything. anything. Um, <laughs> anywho, how did you both meet? Oh, this is a tricky story, I tell you. Okay, so I'm from LA and I'm a diehard LA person. Um, So when she had her food truck, it was in Los Angeles. And so this is why the story, depending on who you ask, is very tricky. Mine's better. Um, Yikes. Um, And I was the sous chef on a overpriced, I'll give you that, um, dessert food truck. We made like stovetop custards, AKA pudding. For an ungodly like ten dollars and like up four ounces for four pudding. ounces of pudding. Yeah, um, I, I believe it. I believe it. It was ridiculous. And so um we met. See, I don't know because I don't remember Here we go. Meeting. So okay. uh, <laughs> Mavis, uh, help uh, help her out. Because <laughs> I, mean, I don't I don't want to start the road to divorce. <laughs> okay. <Sorry. laughs> Um, so we were always doing events, like, so there's like a whole, like, the food truck scene in LA is a little bit kind of like mafia based. Um, and so, like, they have the trucks that they like, and they'll put you in certain places and all sort of kind of stuff. So they were a very popular truck. And then we had, like, come up a little bit. Um, and started getting a lot of notoriety and best of lists. So, so you were in the VIP section. So we finally made it to where she was and you know what's the first thing you do after you set up you jump off your truck and you go look at go check out other people and like check out other people notice that in your mouth listeners check out (laughs) other people not the food in a food truck village right well i'm not (laughs) here i i was gonna say the food because then you go okay cool hey y'all want something i got this and you trade i'm not interested in the food i'm interested in the people See? Right, yes. we're gonna trade food no matter what. That's just a courtesy. But I need to know, like, it's a networking thing, right? Like, you go see, like, who is this that ne- I can networking in quotes? Ne- yeah, <laughs> yes. I'm not mad. Yeah, I, I, I'm not I am known. I am known to cruise a food truck. <laughs> you keep it professional. Oh you my gosh. Oh. Tell your story. Girl. Okay, cool, fine. <laughs> um, so none of the trucks had any business yet except her truck, and like, I don't know why it took them eight years to put out a four ounce cup of pudding but like their line was down the block and what was really captivating was the fact that she had a whole entire crowd of people in front of her paying twenty dollars for six ounces of pudding that were just like waiting and like gleefully just like talking and interacting with her I'm upset, yeah. and it's weird as it was it, her the truck that she was on was like 
the window was because yeah. the window was up so she's sitting up high like fucking rapunzel like most places like you can give them your money right here like right around your mouth area you gotta like we had to reach up, up yeah. to the sky to like For give sure. her and so she's just sitting up there like a princess and just so like whimsical. working. I love it. Rapunzel, Rapunzel, <laughs> let down your pudding. Lord. <laughs> that. Um, and so we had like a like a little quick interaction. And then like I like was like, okay, cool, like very captivated by her and just like impressed with like how she was connecting with the crowd. So I was like, cool. Um, noted. And then the next event. This is where I remember where we met. <laughs> that we met at um, was like some kind of like art thing happening and it was like four trucks and we were parked directly behind her and um i wanted to <laughs> i wanted to i i, I came to you first. Me, i could not remember my name her name and so i sent my 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 business partners over to go talk to her so i could like get her name and then i like jumped up on her truck and i was like like got on the back of her truck and like was like trying to talk to her she was blushing all day that's not um, true. I was so like, who are you no, and why are you here? No, 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 no. It not was at all. Two of them that came on the truck and I was like, yeah. this is a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was she was blushing and she was uh-huh. but she got that. she got you. She broke you. <laughs> yeah, then there's that. So there might be some truth to this story. Okay, hold on. Now listen, as as two beautiful queer women in the culinary realm, um talk to me about the come up because we know that um you don't know me very well, but I have been in hospitality uh, front of the house as like, you know, management, catering. Uh, and then I also ran um, a custom cake uh, baking business for a short time, right? No, ma'am, never again. And <laughs> uh, and I catered a little bit. So like, I've done this for like, uh, on and off for about 21 years now. And we both know that this is a hyper-masculine world right that we are in a right and also um a white man's world right so it's it's not only hard as people of color to come up in this in the kitchen but then queer people of color to come up in the kitchen can you talk to me about like that experience this is what's about to get hella real um i think that you want to go first i think that Mine is a little more aggressive. <laughs> no, I mean, this is why we're here. And I started yeah. the pod to celebrate not only queer people um, in food, but queer people of color in food. Because I, I, for as long as I've been blogging and just on this culinary uh, journey, I have been the only voice. I started it because I didn't see people like me doing yeah. this. That's real. Yeah. Doing this. So I I saw the niche and I saw the and I wanted to see people like me doing this. So, you know, so let's talk about it. You know, this is why we're here. You go ahead. Okay, so um I I came up exclusively in fine dining atmosphere. So it was particularly white and particularly male. Um I do feel like um my queerness like makes white like I'm a little bit more mask, right? So me um I think my queerness makes white boys feel like cool, like that I am like okay with the misogyny, you know, and they don't have to change who they are, you know, or like monitor themselves around me. So I feel like I, I was exposed to that a lot. That was really uncomfortable. Um, and that for me at the time, Definitely I was like, not her. I need to hold, like I, I held my tongue just because like I didn't want to be problematic you know especially like it's also being like a woman in the kitchen right like there's a lot that you go through because you're trying not to um become like an issue like right like I was just trying to like figure out like how to like claim a name for myself right or come up or be in a space where I could learn from the best and they're very exclusive places I feel like also being um a little bit more masked um people didn't take sexual harassment seriously for me Right. So like um, I had like like a two year bit of like trying to avoid this Ecuadorian dishwasher at night (laughs) Um, just because every every single night that he would like see me in the parking lot, he would like like physically come towards me and like say stuff and start like making like all of these um, horrible remarks. Um, And like nobody took it seriously. Right. Like even if like the people would see it, they'd be like, oh, yeah, he's just playing like. And that kind of sucked a lot. Um, yeah, the kitchen, I, I've noticed the kitchen kind of breeds that sort of 
atmosphere of like hypersexuality too, you know? Yeah. Especially between front of house and back of house. And it's all fun and games till it's not fun and games. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like I'm really like, I I don't know if you guys watched this the other day. Um, there was a video of a woman who was thrown in a dumpster and it uh, like mm-hmm. really registered with me because of that moment. It, like, I feel like, I was like, I, that, by God, no, I have never been thrown in, in a dumpster, but I like know that feeling where people were just like saying, oh, well, she was laughing and she was smiling and she should have fought back. And I was like, I know that like that fear in her eyes, like I can feel it in my soul of like, what is about to happen? How the fuck do I get out of here? Like there is nobody here to protect me, like to watch out for me. And like, that was really like my entire experience coming up in like white kitchens. And I'm not gonna lie, it still affects me in my bones today. Um, Like I I carry that like into jobs that I go into um, and like unknowingly, you know what I mean? And I have to like make that adjustment um, and be very mindful and thoughtful about that, which is also why at this point, like if I have the option to, I don't, I'm not going back into there and I'm not going back in there without being vocal about it. Um, so people have been reaching out to be like, Hey, do you want a job? Do you want a lot of law? Like we need to like get our lives together. And it's like, no, I don't want to work there because it's unsafe. And let me tell you all the shit that is like wrong with the systems that you have going on over there. Yeah. Uh, Cicely, anything to add? <laughs> I am the exact opposite. Yeah. Um, I will come in like a whirlwind and I will be like, the two things that I always am is black first and a female, right? So like, I don't compromise those things, but I also realize that because this is a second career for me and my first one was fairly successful, that I have the privilege to risk it all. Um, so I don't, I'm not with the shits, like, and it's really interesting because as as overt as I am about those things, people are like, yes, we want to work with her. Like I have a, we all, like she always says, like get you a good white girl that can abdicate for you. And I have a good white man who does it for me. Yeah. And even like our conversations, because I don't, I'm so reckless about being about people, about women, about black people that I don't, I, I only hire black people. Yeah. I only hire women. Well, in this last space, in the first space, um, Pinky and Reds, we only hired females of color that were students on campus at Cal. And then at Colors, we only, why do I always open a place with the name, like a color in it? That is terrifying. Um, and then at Colors, it was like black people, specifically black single mothers. You know what I'm saying? And giving them an opportunity to thrive. So being very overt and overly intentional about that and paying incredibly well. And I think like almost damn near putting my life on the line and and my career on the line for people that like, you will never not know that about me because I was raised by a single mom, you know, who, and then my grandmother believed in like cooking. And I mean, I can trace my family back seven generations. And so my great grandfather, seven generations back was a cook on a plantation, but he had, it was all women after that, that cooked. So I feel like the fact that we can um, free labor in your house and be accepted, but like when it comes to actually running a kitchen and being paid for it, that's where you get all uncomfortable. We're not, we're not going to do that. Yeah. Um, so I think that I, I, I'm a little crazy when it comes to that because I don't, I don't waver. Like um, I tell a, a black ass story my food is super black in America. Cause we've always been here. Um, like I highlight black winemakers it's very important to me to not apologize about that and not compromise that because so many other races and even like white people can do that and I I but I feel that way about every race like I feel like if you go into a Cambodian restaurant it should hard stop if you go into a Dominican restaurant hard stop we have to challenge how how our stories are told and tell them with pride and not include other things to, to, to leverage our value and our story. So white people are like, 
okay, cool. We accept this because it's, it's, it's a black American Afro fusion thing. No, it's blacks in America. We've always been here. Hi, welcome. If you want that, I'm sure someone else is doing that in a stellar manner, but over here, I'm a this challenge. is what we're doing. Every, yep. Yeah, and every yeah. narrative. I mean, I just, I just learned because, um, you know, with everything that's happening, I really, I really, really wanted to highlight, you know, famous black chefs. And one of the, one of the first celebrity black chefs was Thomas Jefferson's cook. Yeah. Jameson. Yep. Yeah. We've been here. Hi. <laughs> yeah. Like, we've been, like you, you've been here. Like, and it's, it's just really interesting that the denial of, you know, the culinary history of America and where the food comes from and how it came came to be, you know? Mm-hmm. Lima code, bro. If you haven't actually had an opportunity, anybody who's listening, if you haven't had an, had an opportunity to pick up that book, I would definitely recommend it. Like, what book was it? I'm sorry. Oh, The Jemima Code. It's Tony okay. Morrison. Um, she, I mean, she, she does an entire breakdown of how, like, Black people started this industry and then because we had no rights is essentially just like white women, white people just like writing everything down and then putting their name on it and then shipping it off and being like, this is the manual and this is how you do it. But we all know that, I mean, the enslaved people, they they were doing- These niggas was white gloving it all day. Like what do you mean? <laughs> don't want us to find out in spaces. We was polishing your crystal. You didn't polish Bullshit, it. Right. Niggas polished it. So why are we sitting here acting like black people, people of color were not in the room doing the work, setting the standard. That's well, not real. Yeah. And I mean, even today with everything that's happening with the quarantine and and like most of the people out of work, the unemployment, uh, you know, the labor crisis we're going through is people in the hospitality industry. And who are those people, right? Okay. The people of color that are cooking your food in the kitchen. Okay. All right. Because who are those people, right? They are Black people. They are certainly a whole lot of Latin people cooking yeah. your fine dining meals. All right. Absolutely. Right. Bruh, let me tell and you about they is- have oh. Bro, any, any kitchen that you go into that has like all these white people out front, like uh, any like fine dining restaurant, you go yeah. in the back and do the hardest, longest, laborious job. Laborious job. Yeah, all that prep. There was I used the to work prep? at a, I used to work at a very very well known fine dining establishment here in the city, um, a very old one, and there was this Asian man um, who used to peel potatoes and make ravioli. He used to make the mashed potatoes and make ravioli. And I forget, like one day we did the math and it was like, like hundreds of thousands of like, you know, mashed, uh, like pounds of mashed potatoes and ravioli. And that's all he did. And once his wife passed away, he like up and peaced out. He's like, you know what? I'm done with this. (laughs) I'm done. He was the hardest working person there. He would just be all day, all night, just pumping it up too that like I feel like I hope they had to take it off of the new that new, right um new people like younger people who maybe didn't go to culinary school or didn't like who have this like romanticized idea of what kitchens are and then get in kitchens and are like I didn't think I'd be like you know peeling this or washing dishes is don't despise the small beginning because you are you're the link that's most necessary like this idea that like the person who washes the dishes is the most important person in the room well because then i must be the, a really important because all i do these days is wash <laughs> dishes up <laughs> thank you for your gift no like, oh my but like oh, i kind of have to advocate for people who go into this who go into kitchen spaces and they're like bump that like put me on the line put me like like i want to start cooking because of the fact that it is so Hard. difficult yeah. to move up right you get a dishwasher job they're like good Use a Negro and a dishwasher, and that's what you're gonna be forever. Try to ask for try to ask for an opportunity promotion. Try. Yeah. They don't. This there's no clear lines about like how to ascend. Yeah, and that's on purpose. Yeah, right. Because they can bring in some white boy and just be like, oh well, he worked for so and so in France for not six months. Not even that. Like and like this that is makes my daughter's him friend, and that makes him more qualified than you. And so if you, like, I'm not mad when people say, as a matter of fact, like when I used to work um, 
like doing that kind of advocacy professionally, it was a thing of like going to restaurant managers and being like, look, I, if you take this student that I have been training for 10 months and you stick them as a dishwasher, I'm pulling them out of your restaurant. And I'd be very vocal about whatever kind of trash it is that you're doing. Because if you're telling me I just spent 10 months teaching this person with some of the best culinary educators and you're telling me that all they can do in your kitchen is wash dishes and peel carrots, you're foolish. Like, well, yeah. And I think that's where when, when uh, people of color get in those spaces and we have positions of influence, we can't just be so happy to be in an upper rung like uh, position. It's our responsibility. Like coming into my restaurants, like it doesn't make sense to me if you're a single mother with two kids or a single parent with two kids and you're like, hey, I need to work the lunch shift um, because my kids go to school. This is a better schedule for me and and me not honor that. Like, first of all, it makes no sense for me to be paying you $15 an hour plus tips for you to pay your babysitter $15 an hour. There's no growth for you. And not only that, like, if you walked in as a white woman being like, I have two kids, I'm doing it on my own, and these are the only hours I would work, white folks would celebrate her down to the ground and be like, She's you're so strong. So strong. <laughs> and so, like, you're so no. Brave. You're so brave. I can't That's believe not, you that it. one is not more acceptable than the other. Knowing your parents are watching the kids at home right, right. Now, You got child They care. with their grandma. It's free child care. You know what I'm saying? Like, but still, so we, we in those positions have to, like, honor that it's not enough for I get so frustrated when I see so many people people of color that get into those spaces and and before abdicate for us and after they've been kicked out of those spaces abdicate for us it's like no when you were there you lost focus you know what I'm saying you you were so happy to be there that you forget that we're not white that we have a purpose we gotta we gotta be accountable for a whole bunch of other shit when we get in that room and you have to leverage all of that, like even now our kid, because we believe in nepotism for people of color, um, is in a space where she's doing a lot of things at 12. And I had to say to her, like, I am so black and then people of color first, but don't for that doesn't mean that we don't need white people because we still have to be in these spaces and move and live with them. You just go into those spaces and don't get excited by the fluff. You stay focused. You remember that it's you. You have goals. Like, if you want to tap dance in those rooms, fine. But tap dance and gather all the shit that you need out of that room so once they've disposed of you, you got what you needed so you're not angry with the fact that you feel used and I'm a person of color and they didn't honor me. No, you use them the way they use you and you get everything that you need when you're in that space. Because that's really what's happening like now. Everybody want to do stuff for Black people. Fine. But stay focused, Black people. Go into those rooms. Leverage that space. Pull somebody else in there with you. If they that make, part. they don't necessarily have yeah. to be Black, but they sure as hell don't need to be white. To make, sure, to make sure that it's not a blip. Like, it's, yeah. just not, it's just not a moment. And it's very funny that you bring that up because, you know, last year I had a lot of, like, uh, collaborator work for Pride via my Instagram because everyone was looking for micro-influencers and so on and so forth. And where are those people now? I don't know. But um, somebody reached out, right, um, to, to, as, to me as, um, as a queer voice in food, right? right? But as a Latin male... Queer, queer voice in food, right? And they were like, we want to amplify melanated voices. We want to use this. And I was like, okay, but can we have a phone call, please? And they were like, why? And I was like, because if I write this message to you, what I want to talk to you about, right, in the way you want to use me, I don't think you'll receive it the way we can have a like one-on-one -on -one right. conversation. And it was like, well, are we collaborating? Because if we're collaborating, then I need to be paid because you're placing value on me yeah. and a different kind of value on me because you're not only using my queerness, you're using the, the color of my skin, right? Mm -hmm. To promote your brand, right? But then at the same time, you're going to devalue me by not paying me, right? I go, that doesn't make sense. But if you're just going to take old content and blast me out and do X, Y, and Z, I am here for it, right? But I'd rather make a longer lasting, meaningful relationship with you as a brand right. than just a moment in time. I go, I have to make sure this isn't a blip. 
because right. more often than not, this is what happens, especially to me on this end. Yes. You know, and pride is very different this year. And I really want to get into that. But I want to take a really quick break to, do, to introduce you to something, a little something fun that I call, are you ready, y'all, for a little throwback to food news update? Food yes. News. Food news. Ooh, honey, you ain't ready, girl. Spill the tea. Ladies, did you know Sunmade has a new snack bite in four varieties, including s'mores and birthday cake? Oh, shit. Raisins. Ladies, raisins. (laughs) Now, I didn't realize that raisins are are trying to be a thing again. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you eat raisins? Like, I just found this very, very funny that they're trying hard. Yeah, I mean, I feel like even like with the kids, like when they were younger, they ate raisins. I, to be clear, I do not eat them. I eat a grape. You know what I'm saying? Like hard stuff. Um, and I'm sure some people love raisins or something, but like, ugh, but do we need they're... s'mores flavored raisins and birthday cake no, flavored raisins? Right, because we like coated them in yogurt, right? And, and now like, they're strawberry yogurt and sherbet and all. And that's of... even a nastier texture, yeah. like. A, <laughs> Like a dried up gusher. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> not a dried up gusher. And gushers are making a comeback all over the place. PS. Yeah. Our, like I, first of all, I'm not here for like biting into it and it's a surprise. Like exploding in your mouth. I just so many different ways you can take that. It's wow. a, it's <laughs> it's it's the thing I most miss during this quarantine, but that's another story. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> See, see, I guess I'm alone in that one. Well, yeah. l- well, listen, Sunmaid, stop trying to make raisins happen because they're not going to happen, <laughs> Gretchen. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Folks, you know, um, have you heard about this? Uh, Bakers Against Racism are launching a virtual bake sale to help a Black Lives yes. Matter causes. Have you both heard about this? Yes, um, Tina. Yeah, Paula started it. Yeah. It was one of the three chefs that started it. Mm-hmm. A girl that uh, we know who's like amazing. Um, uh, but Tina um, is in it. A girl named Pinky from La Cucina. Um, she's going to mail us out lemon bars, by the way. Um, oh, you better <laughs> share. Well, yeah. In Your Mouth listeners, more than a thousand bakers will participate in the online event and donate proceeds to various organizations that support Black communities. Now, these are not only professional bakers, but you can be... Um, just a home baker, as long as you contribute over 150 pieces of dessert. They can be a variety of dessert or one single dessert and donate most of the proceeds to a BLM cause, which I think is great. All the pre-sales have already happened, but I think this will be an ongoing event. Yeah. I think, what was it, yesterday on Instagram, they put, they've made over a million dollars, like one, one point one something. Yeah. Yeah, which is uh, which is really really fantastic. Yeah. I think you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. we are here for you, uh, bakers. Uh, bakers against racism. I certainly am here for you. And uh, all I have to say is that if you get lemon bars, you better share. Better share. <laughs> but you know, what? like I'm down for a trade. You know what I'm saying? You can go and make me a cake. Uh, it's gonna take a lot of convincing to get uh, to, for me to bake out my break out my baking pans, but maybe. But on that note, you know, uh, there's a Coca-Cola makeup palette that will make everyone thirsty for you, just in time for Pride, I guess. <laughs> you see, I just tried to relate it. It has nothing to do with that. <laughs> um, my children will be like, our girls will be like. Ooh, yes, Coca-Cola makeup palette. Ooh, let's do it. You know, to live your soda fantasy. You're like cola drag queen fantasy. Yeah. What that means. I mean, I don't, can you help me? Is it like the shades of Coke? It's is yeah, so um, apparently the makeup line was made in uh, collaboration with Morph, an affordable makeup brand that can be found online at major beauty retailers such as Ulta and Sephora. Uh, it's called the Thirst for Life uh, collection. Uh, from the colors to the packaging, it's perfect for Coca-Cola lovers. Even some of the eyeshadow names are inspired by the soda, like Fizz, blah, blah, blah and <laughs> rec- Recognized? What, what does that have to do with soda? Recognized. I was there. I was with you. I was like, yes, recognized. What? <laughs> I recognize things. I might, 
Madison, our older daughter, would be the one to fall into that trap. I would buy it for her. I think I'm going to just go on and go to Sephora and be like, girl, happy crash. <laughs> <laughs> happy pride. Oh, my God. I I mean, I guess Coca-Cola makeup palette. I mean, people are really trying to find ways to stay relevant. I'm, oh, well, I mean, I mean, this summer has has brought us a lot of like interesting food items. Um, obviously, this Coca Cola makeup palette cannot be eaten, but we we're seeing the rise of uh, Russell Stover packaged s'mores and Doritos, uh, pickled flavor chips and Pepsi with pineapple and strawberry flavored Coke. So, yeah. I mean. Why I mean, not? Why not a Coca Cola makeup palette? I mean, you. I also wonder, like, <laughs> are we doing things that POCs identify with now to make it relevant? That were deemed down your nose, and now it's like, ooh, it's weird to me when things like that happen. Where like we've been we've been drinking pineapple soda for fifty million years. You know what I'm saying? No, 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 no. But this is uh, Pepsi, like Pepsi with like a splash of pineapple. pineapple. As I and gathered. Yeah, don't read like just yeah, white friends. Don't just let us, <laughs> just let us be us. You know what I'm saying over here. Don't don't do that to us. I I just don't know what's happening anymore. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. I think I think we we may have lost our minds during this quarantine because Lord yeah, knows sure. I yeah. have, and I think that'll be a great way just to end this short segment of food news update. <laughs> Mavis is looking at me very specially. She's still stuck on the Coca-Cola makeup palette. Yeah, she's trying to figure out what the colors are. Well, the colors. (laughs) Listen, look it up. It's actually kind of cute. There's obviously a lot of reds. Um, I don't get the light blues. There's obviously grays and browns. Are you talking to me about makeup? Yeah, that's not even. Are you talking like me? Makeup? Yeah, I don't know. You like that? Right. Maybe, maybe you li- you live for a red curly wig and a and a glitter eyeshadow. What do I know? <laughs> Listen, I live. I live for that. Ain't it, bro? That ain't Listen, I live for a red red wig. I said I have three moisturizers, and we gonna stop there. Like that's 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 as far as I go into the skin. I, I, I just that's it right like it was like if you start moisturizing at an early age like you gonna be good right like I've never been like yo let me put on this eyeshadow or I don't <laughs> really because that's that's me every other weekend <laughs> I can't wait to go outside you know uh yeah she does it it's really funny like even uh, like I look at her moisturizer and I'm like it's like rejuvenating anti-aging. And she's like, I've been using it since I was a teen. And I'm just like, yeah, you just use what your parents use. <laughs> a little, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, no one's bad. Listen, um, I have a really good friend that um, produces content and has been producing a lot of content for beauty brands and whatnot. So he'll, you know, he gets all the things because these beauty brands yes. want to be promoted. And he's got, really gotten me into serums, serums and like pycnogenol yeah. and whatnot. But uh, my skin has never looked better. There's this, uh, I'll, I'll tell you all about it. Cause you know, I won't, you know, I promote a lot of food items on here, but uh, I, I need to start getting paid for all the things. This Yeah. Hello? I mean, I've always wondered about um, like the Jade Roller. I have one. I have the Rose Quartz one. Okay. They say, um, and I love it for when I'm hungover in the morning. Right. And you sit there with your coffee and you, cause you put it in the freezer and you just roll your face, oh, all the puffiness goes away. I think that's where it's most effective. Like after a long night of drinking, and then you just need some coffee and the frozen rose quartz or jade roller and just, you know, massage the, the, the puffiness away. You're so rude. She doesn't drink. I don't you drink, but I still be puffy baby? in the morning sometimes. So uh, if you're I, puffy in the morning, like, yeah. you know. I trade alcohol for salt and sugar. Excuse me. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I really wanted to talk to you quickly because um about Pride this year and how different it is. And I'm actually really excited that it's very different this year. And um what I think is the queer food movement that's happening kind of in the world. They're they're two separate things, but kind of one and the same. And um, and I'm just really excited that Pride this year isn't brand centric, isn't 
is yeah. in, um, although I, I certainly will miss um, showing off my fat booty on the dance floor, you know, <laughs> someplace. Um, the the movement that's happening, the production of not only Black lives, but Black trans lives and what that means and seeing that beautiful picture of the thousands upon thousands of people that were at the Brooklyn Museum for that uh, Black trans uh, lives matters uh, protest, right? Way, way more numbers than that rally that just happened, FYI. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, how are you feeling about it? Because I'm really excited to march this year. I I am going to throw on my rainbow heels and a rainbow bustle and be in the streets screaming my guts out. Somebody hand me a megaphone because I am ready to fight. I mean, it's nice that it's it's back to people and small and... and, and small? You know. Do you think it's small? I think that it's more... Instead of it being focused on huge corporations, it's right. very That's much focused on their the local people. Yeah, that. You know what I mean? It's um, about like who you know. It's about our neighbors and amplifying their voices as opposed to like Oreo put haze on a cookie. Oh, shit, am I allowed to say that? Sorry, I'm not trying to diss anybody. Um, yeah, it's fine. Uh, or, or, or Nabisco isn't listening, trust. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, My numbers are good these days, but I doubt it's Nabisco. <laughs> However, if you are listening, hello, I, I will take this the sponsorship money. Yes, yeah, but I just don't know if that does anything for anyone in our community. Really, okay, cool. You put gender, like I don't, I, I guess like identity markers on a cookie. Like I don't know that that helps as much as amplifying, you know, a, a trans chef or a trans owner. You know what I mean? And like helping get their name out there so that they can continue yeah. to grow their business as a like or Nabisco don't need our help you know what I'm saying like Nabisco Nabisco doesn't need like they can they spend millions in advertising I'd rather this time and this push go towards people who look look like us I mean the thing I like about this year where I I think I always like get frustrated is I appreciate that it's normal. You know what I'm saying? That we're in our homes. We're doing things that people, white America does. So it challenges the thing that makes them so different. Like we all cook in the kitchen. We all eat. We all do these things. So there's nothing that makes you better. There's nothing that's exclusionary about you. Like we're here and we're thriving and we're ever present. And so I think that's nice because last year it was like big brands and show and do that and like all of these things and and while that's important and the celebration of it all is important I did appreciate that like because we're all in the house like things have like stonewall the the depth of the conversation for people who who have no relationship to it or don't really understand the impact of it has been stewed in a little bit longer people are taking a little more time they're reading more about Marsha. you know what i'm saying like yeah. whereas it was like and we cannot some- and we cannot forget stormy delivery everyone forgets a uh, black lesbian stormy delivery who was there as well right it was sylvia rivera it was Marsha p johnson and yeah. stormy delivery i hope i said her name right and pay homage to her because you know Kudos to you, Marsha. Kudos to you, Sylvia. But, you know, there were people, there's, there were people next to you for that revolution, you know? Right. And um, our women, our gay women, our lesbian women often seem to be forgotten sometimes. And I say, right. and one of the things that I love about this pride, right, because um, I've been saying this my entire gay life, is that although we as... Um, for as much as we as LGBTQ people are together, we are we are community divided, right? And that yeah. is our biggest weakness, right? That we somehow cannot cannot fully come together behind all of our people. You know, like the big controversy when Philly wanted to do the inclusionary flag and all these people were angry about it. And it was like, no, we're a community and these people are are missing, right? So why not do this, you know? And 
So this this pride, at least to me, seems a little bit more of together. I mean, and also I I, I think it's like a, I laugh, but not laugh in a funny way. It's like laugh in an unfortunate way of like, I think in totality, that's always the plight of like marginalized people is because we're so hurt and we want to be identified so bad that like, we're like, but what about us? And it's as individual like sections of that, it's it's very hard to like keep the big dream and then go, this is the big dream. And then in that dream, there's still like little pockets of who we are. But if we all come together as a collective and have a collective understanding, then we can all move forward. And, and, and so, yeah, I mean, and I do think that this year it's a bit, you know, like <laughs> different where it's nice to see that more people of color are highlighted because there's a lot of elements I feel like, especially coming from LA uh, where pride is a, is a white man's holiday or a white woman's holiday. And then the rest of us are over the top accessories. When we have like whole last lives, like every other, every other month out of the year. And so it's nice that this year people are becoming normalized and not just this larger than life thing when you see us. It's like, no, we're like regular ass people who go to the grocery store and, and, and do this. So that mm. for me is, is nice. That's interesting. I still like. <laughs> You're like Natty. <laughs> no, I kind of. I, I still like. We were having this conversation the other day, which is like, um, like, I'm still a little bit concerned for because, like, she and I, like, I grew up on the East Coast. She grew up on the West Coast. We're coastal babies, right? So our perspective of how the world works is yeah. a little bit different for people who are like dead ass in the middle of like Utah, right? Um, and so I, I just, I guess, like in my head right now, I just want to take a moment to like send out a little bit of an open affair for those people who were counting on this and the that's real pandemic that's has like shut down any kind of a pride that a small town would have had and stopped them from collecting and so people who maybe have been living at home with their parents or who had been out of way at college and had finally started to come into their own are now like shut back in their house and with very conservative parents who or families or whatever, and they're like back in the closet for some reason. Like I just in my in my head when you were speaking, my heart like went out to them. Oh, because we've been watching. Uh, we're here. Yeah, we were watching. We're here on like HBO, and it's just like that's it's it's real. Like we went, she and I. So my family's from Georgia, and we went um, home. I I took her with me home, and we were in the grocery store together, and um, she grabbed my hand, or I grabbed her hand, either one. Um, and I, I promise you, like, people started, like, breaking their necks in every aisle that we were on. Like, people were on the aisle for no fucking reason, but just to, to see. Um, and I mean, I'm from, like, small town, like, back, back, back. I, mean, I thought it was because I had a good outfit and a good thing. Happening. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. So, like, you came ready. I was ready for the small town. Um, but, yeah, so I, I, I guess, like, that's that's still a thing. So those marches are really important, you know, yeah. um, they do still need to happen. You know, I think there still needs to be those Queens out there, you know, shirtless and bedazzled head to Absolutely. toe so that those people can see themselves and like have a moment to breathe and have a moment of hope. Yeah. And I always, and I always say that it's, um, our stories, right? Whether it be on my uh, little big gay podcast here or, um, you know, whether it's you doing Savor Pride or or whatnot, our stories, right? Because, um, well, two out of the three of us on this podcast aren't, aren't known for our television accolades. <laughs> <laughs> but to see normal people, normal, right? Queer, people of color, doing other things that are not celebrity like, you know, that aren't, that aren't like big time that we're, we're normal people and we're do this and you can shine just as bright as we are shining. Right. You know? Representation matters. What you see matters. I mean, I watched, I watched Hollywood on Netflix and while, while I have very mixed feelings about this show, the one thing I did appreciate, the one thing I did appreciate was like, we all need to be seen because not just for us, the desire for us to want to tell these stories. Seen and heard. 
heard. And yeah. heard. Like, what if there's another little queer boy in, in a flyover state, which I just recently learned was a thing two years ago, like who there. wants to do a, a podcast? Um, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That matters. Yeah. But like, they need to see that. People need to see that. And I think that's why, like, because we just do like regular blackout stuff, but I think it's the heart of what we do and the fact that like, we don't apologize for being a family and we're over it. Like when we, this is the only time we've done anything and our children haven't come in the room. Actually, um, they've tried to. I they've just tried to. And my head at like, them. if you come yeah. in here, you're going to die today. Today's going to be your last day. <laughs> um, so like that, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think about there's a kid somewhere who will feel like they'll never be able to be a father or a mother or, yeah. you know, like it is possible it's possible by whatever way that you get there however you arrive there and we all have our own versions of a coming out story and 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 good bad or indifferent like we've pushed past that we've made it and like so you can I mean I think that big and over the top is super important because that's like a large part of my life but like there's something to the luxury of living and breathing, the luxury of exhaling, the luxury of being at peace with yourself, that like when you don't have that representation and you feel like the only one, it's like tough. I mean, we all know that, but like, so to see people in spaces that look like you that are easily obtainable or smaller or like how small is like cooking in your kitchen and with a family, like, that small is so big you know, to me. I you're not. You're not agreeing with. No, no, I am agreeing with you. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's also like um, it's also a thing of like a lot of times, especially people of color and queer people, like all our stories, right? Like when you hear about the history of gays, like it's it's the it's it's riots, it's murder, it's you know all this horrible stuff that happens to people and it's never necessarily a celebration and that's why like like this is about resilience but it's also like when you see us out in the street like nothing nothing bad is happening as well right like it's not only like I need to be able to see this person. No one's ducking and hiding. But like they're they're out out, I see them continuously and they're okay. Yeah Mm. and this is what I say this is what I say about the podcast all the time is that I never know, right? Because this podcast is widely available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, you never know. Some some teen, right? Some computer savvy teen, right? In the middle of nowhere, randomly finds my Big Gay Food podcast and starts to listen. And this is where he starts or she starts or, or they start. You know what I'm saying? Six-year-old men. Like, yeah. still, that makes me like, right. Okay. And so, and so, this is where they start, and to see, oh well, oh, oh, these are stories I can relate to. These are, and this is why I tell all my guests, right, that I'm going to ask you about your journey, and because your story, right, all of our stories are different, and our come-ups are different, and they're equally as important because you never know who's listening to us who can take that with them. Yeah, you know. And speaking, yeah. and speaking of our stories and our journeys, um, I really want to close out with you, te- both of you, just telling the people what's next for you. Tell them about Saber Pride. Tell them where they can find you. Tell them all the things. <laughs> okay. Uh, Saber Pride. Oh, I'm like really excited. I'm so yeah. grateful that like Emmett and everyone and God's love we deliver. Originally, it was supposed to be on the rooftop for Pride. It was going to be like a whole outdoor extravaganza. And then Rona was like, not today. Y'all not going to do nothing outside. And so um, we're on Thursday night at 730 and we're a live event. Not all of them are live. Some of them are pre-recorded. So we're actually like going live. We have a, we're probably going to have a special um, MC on ours. And like most of our virtual things, we, I think we try to make you feel like you're in our house. And if you came right. over and we was having a dinner party, this it was what it would feel like. It's it's a it's personal, it's loud, it's a little ratchet, it's a little black history, it's a lot of kids, you know. Um, it. So that's tomorrow night, right? That's Thursday the uh, 20... Yeah. Yeah, 25th. The, 25th. Thursday the 25th at 7.30. Um, and where can they find that? They can go on NYC Pride and you just click on the link. Um, it's free. There are like different tiers of pricing. Those are donations, donations I think. Yeah. But you can just click Register. the free one and register and hang out and ask us 
all kinds of questions and watch you cook. Where can they where drop the Instagram handles, drop the website, drop drop whatever else you need to drop. Let the kids know. Instagram, she's um, at Chef Mavis J. Our business is at Food Plus People with a little underscore. I'm Cicely Sierra. Um, we have our Food Plus People website. We have our Food Plus People Venmo. Um, you know that we we take every donation. Um, and then this weekend, right? We're do we've decided we're doing a pop up at Hunky Dory in Brooklyn. Okay. And we're gonna do. Um, Fried chicken and pancakes and meatloaf burgers for that. Um, that'll be on the 27th and the 28th from 11 to 5. Yeah. Up. Yes, meatloaf burgers. Throw a fried egg on it and call it brunch, honey. Yes. <laughs> and they're also, she's also selling wine. So it is like yeah. a good brunch to go. Happy brunch. Pride. Let's get it started. Um, and then also we have Totes Gay, which oh, is. yes. So uh, we started doing value-added products um, that um, highlight, you know, our, uh, the Black excellence. Um, and we are contributing um, a hot sauce trio to Totes Gay um, 2020. So you can check And the dry soup mix. Yeah, and the dry soup mix, yeah. So. Awesome. And I will link all of that out in the liner yeah. notes of the podcast. So you can find all of those beautiful things there as as well as on Instagram. I will link that out as well. Ladies, thank you so much for coming on. This was a joyous discussion. I am so grateful to have you on and so grateful that you gave of your time to me today um, on this, the last week of Pride Month. You know, so yeah, thank you very much for being on. We're happy to do it. Thank you so much for reaching out to us. Thank you for having yes, me. Yes, yes. And you. Yes, thank you for you. Oh, well, the the other's so sweet. Thank you. No, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I think this is the beginning of um, a beautiful relationship between us. I am so excited to see what's next from you. And we got to get together and cook when this is all over. Um, Folks out there, be safe this weekend if you're going out. All right. Celebrate pride rejoice remember that pride was a riot and a protest right but let's peacefully protest out there right wear your masks wash your hands and as always thank you for listening to in you mail